Good morning. Happy Father's Day to our fathers out there. Let's see here. I'm a better not put that on the ground. Hate to kick the bucket during service. <laughs> Father's Day, right? Dad jokes. All right. Um, we're starting this morning our summer series called Rooted, and uh, hence this. Uh, and, and it's going to be a good time together. We're going to experience some different things and have some time during the week on our own to, uh, to, to get into some new practices. And so I just want to jump into this with a word of prayer. God, I thank you for being at work in our lives. God, I thank you for uh, this series that you have brought to our elders and uh, that I get to be a part of. Just allow um, this morning for us to be focused in on your word and what you have for us in this time and uh, allow us to follow you. Um, even, even if we end up somewhere uh, that I didn't plan at all, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I was a city kid, I was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, and yet I always found myself in the woods. Uh, my grandparents had a cabin in the mountain of Colorado, mountains of Colorado, and on three sides of their property was forest service land, so I was always out in the trees and pack up a water bottle, make a sandwich, grab the slingshot or BB gun, and head out into the woods uh, for hours and hours on end, and it was just part of my experience being around woods and trees and that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I think about this a little bit, like one day I was like, today, you know, today I'm going to cut down a tree. I just had to decide, I was 12 years old, seemed like the right thing to do, you know. Saturday, that's what I'm going to do. So we got axe, sharpened it, and went out and had that experience. And, and just out in the woods and doing those kinds of things. I remember a number of years ago when my family went down south uh, to see uh, the sequoias on the border, Oregon and Washington. And, and I'd not been down there, and so I'm talking to people. And, and uh, I was like, okay, so when we're driving down, how are we going to know that we've arrived, right? Like, is, does the bark start looking different? Or they were just like, it, it'll be all right, don't worry about it. And so we're driving down the highway, and there was no question. It was just like trees, 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 tree, right? If you've been there, you understand just these massive trees and California redwoods, sequoias, all this in this beautiful place that, uh, that I had never uh, imagined. And even seeing pictures of it just does not do it justice. And yet I think of those great trees and what kind of things are happening underground. And so as we are looking at this series, I started doing some research on roots. I felt like I was working on like a middle school book report and uh, learning all kinds of things that I had, had probably learned at one point in time but forgotten. And so I want to share with you a little bit of my journey uh, through that and uh, talk to you about roots of so maybe things that you already know well and maybe some things that you have forgotten. But uh, the purpose of roots are, are really a, a number of different things to physically stabilize a tree against wind, against storm, against snowfall, and different trees are better prepared for those uh, than others. For example, the way that pines grow in Colorado or up in our highlands is they're much more suited for the weight of snow than, say, here on the coast. And so their root systems play into that. They're there to provide water and mineral and nutrients for the tree so that it can continue to be stabilized and grow. 
And there's a number of different types of root systems in the world and, and different types of plants, but many uh, are based on a taproot system, which is a root that kind of goes straight down and taps deep into the, into the ground, while other roots, then lateral roots, branch out in many different directions, and some off of that taproot. And they go out into smaller roots and smaller roots, feeder roots that have little fingers on them that do a large part of absorbing nutrients and minerals in the water and bringing it back to the tree. And it happens in that process from the tiny feeder roots and then it feeds it into the lateral roots and into the trunk or into the tap root which then goes into the trunk and the nutrients of water go up the trunk into the branches and then into the twigs which then feed out to leaves or fruit. And so we see often the results of what is happening up above the ground uh, that is what is taking place under the ground from root all the way to fruit. And so these types of root systems are taking place, and, and, a, and a large tree can have hundreds of miles of roots attached to it, which means that then on the feeder roots, they can have hundreds of thousands of different feeder roots out there that are absorbing all these things and feeding it back to the tree. These roots are largely opportunistic, and they will follow the route that has uh, the, the least resistance. And so ground where it's compacted or uh, water is not able to seep through, it's harder for roots to grow that way. And so they'll grow where earthworms have been, and there's holes, and where water can seep through, and different kinds of soils allow for roots to grow in different ways. And I was thinking about this a little bit and what would that mean, and I was thinking of an oak tree, like a, an open-growth oak tree. And if you planted one and allowed it to grow, what would it look like and what would the root system then look like? And so I'm a, a bit of a visual, maybe experiential learner, so maybe we'll look at it like this. So if you were to plant a tree in the middle of this building, which would be right about here, a 45-foot-tall uh, oak tree would grow enough to fill this size and, and honestly be a little bit taller than the building. Now, I'm wondering then how far the branches would reach out from this spot and, and, uh, and then the roots beyond that. You see, the branches of a tree often grow no less than two-thirds the width of the height of the tree, and therefore a 45-foot-tall uh, open oak would grow at least out that distance, 30 feet, which would be 15 feet in each direction, and possibly even uh, wider than the height of the tree, and then the roots beyond that. So I, I actually need a couple of volunteers to, to stand up and be so bold to join me. Just two? Okay. Uh-oh. We got a force. I want Alan to sit down. He's like a force service guy. All right, come on, Alan. Let's go. Come on up. Up, in the middle, in Come on in. How's it going? Tell me your name. Harley. Harley. We've met before. But uh, so I'm curious if we had a, an oak tree, this isn't a great place to plant it, just if you're making plans to plant a tree, don't do it here. But if you did and it were to grow to 45 feet tall, I'm curious if you, Harley, would walk that way. And Alan, if you would walk that way to let us know about where you think the roots would go to. 40-foot tall tree, 45-foot tall tree. And so the roots of, well, I, I don't know, do what you need to do. <laughs> I like that kid. <clears throat> this is excellent. All right, so, I did it. okay, so Alan's stopping there. Oh, don't just stop when you get there. I'll look for you. You're fine. All right, so. 
Alan, you stopped at the wall. Why did you stop at the wall? Uh, it's a hard wall. It's a hard wall. Do you think you'd go further if you could? You'd go over. You can go over. You can. You you got long legs. We had a kid in youth group go over one time, with a phone in his pocket. Didn't know there was water back there. So uh, so a branch. No, hold on. Wait for me, Harley. You're, you can hang out right there. So a, the branches of this, a drip line of where a, these branches would go out, would actually be probably up to about 25 feet, which would be about to these lights. Or Alan, if you'll move forward uh, between the pulpit and the drums. This would be how large the reach of the branches of this oak would fall. But the roots do go beyond, and Harley is a smart kid. So let's take a walk. Where were you at, Harley? You're in the parking lot? Where? So did you know that the roots of a tree, follow me, can actually grow so large that they take up four to eight times the size of a tree. So show me where you were at. I was like at the pole. At the pole, right out there? Yeah, so right here, where we are currently standing, which is in the middle of the street, would probably be the minimum of where an open oak, oak tree, that was 45 feet tall, would grow to. This is about four times the size of that tree, but it could go so far as to this, in between the second and the third telephone pole out there. Is that about where you were at? About right here, a little bit short, but so you're about five times. Let's go back this way. Five times the size of the tree, but they can grow to be eight. And that's just in one direction when the tree would actually grow in all directions and the root system from there. Hopefully you guys could hear us. No. All right. Well, hey, we were in the middle of the street, which would be the minimum of where the roots will go. Thank you very much. You guys can have a seat. And uh, in the middle of the street is where that root system would at least grow to, if not beyond, into halfway through the parking lot. So again, a tree with a footprint four to eight times the size of the tree itself and what we view in, in, above the ground is taking place underneath the ground. So, man, that brick is not working. It worked the other day. Oh, well. All right, here we go. Uh, so as we look at that kind of a system taking place underground with this thought of being rooted, there's even more to these, uh, to these plants. Some flourish out in the open, and yet others grow in groves or in forests and uh, have the ability to have their roots intertwine with one another, and they gain strength by having their root systems uh, strengthened by the root systems of other trees that are in the area. I don't know if you remember a few years back between here and Reedsport, up on the hill there, and they had uh, logged that area and left 20, 30 feet of trees right there next to the highway, kind of up on the hill, kind of five-mile area, and then a storm came in, and one storm blew almost all of those trees over, and they broke, and the reason was was because the winds coming off of the ocean, they didn't have the rest of the forest to distribute uh, the, the power of the winds, and they didn't have the strength of the other root systems in the trees around them to withstand those storms the way that they were originally designed, and so they fell in the storm. Now, the coastal redwoods, like those in Sequoia National Forest that I talked about going to earlier, they actually have a grafting root system, which means this, as one tree grows and has roots underground, it can graft or grow into the root system of other uh, redwoods in that area. 
which means this, as, as, uh, as trees fall and they're growing close to their parent plant, they'll do so in a close proximity and often they will go in a circle and these are called fairy rings. And this sapling tree that can be no more than four or five feet tall can grow down and tap into the root system of its parent tree. And so a small tree, only the size of myself, can have a massive support and nutrient structure that is attached to it from there. And so even the youngest of trees has this as a support system, as a graft with other trees, and the forest is intermingled and intertwined, which also means some bad things, that when a tree is diseased or when a tree is poisoned, that it can go throughout all the other trees and even into the forest. And so this is kind of my thoughts, just learning about what roots look like. If we're supposed to be rooted, then what does that mean? Because as, as an adult, I don't know as much as I did as a middle school student about roots. And so then I look into Scripture, and so I want to take some time to do that as well. Ephesians, back into the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 14, talks about this a little bit and will be based out of this verse uh, for the remainder of our series. But in verse Let's see here. Oh, that's Romans. That's why. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 says this. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, and according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power in his spirit, in your inner being, so that Christ might dwell in your hearts, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, that you may be rooted in his love, that you may have your strength in his love, that you may get the nutrients and the water and the nourishment that you need through his love so that you may be filled to the fullness of God. Then again in Colossians chapter 2, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. And so again, this thought of being rooted in faith, being built up and strengthened in him. That's Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Now in the Old Testament, there's a number of places that talk about this, and I want to turn to the book of Ezekiel. And uh, in this place, Ezekiel is talking uh, to somebody, and he's talking to the Pharaoh, and he paints a picture of a tree. And so I want to jump into that a little bit and see what it says. Verse 3, Behold, Assyria was a cedar in Lebanon, with beautiful branches and forest shade and towering height, its top among the clouds, the waters nourishing it, the deep made it grow tall making its rivers flow around the palace of its planting, sending forth its streams to all the trees of the field, so it towered high, and all the trees of the field, its boughs grew large and its branches long from the abundant water in its shoots. All the birds of the heavens made their nests in its boughs. Under its branches, all the beasts of the field gave birth to their young, and under its shadow lived all the great nations. It was beautiful in its greatness, in the length of its branches, for its roots went down to abundant waters. The cedars in the garden of God could not rival it, nor the fir trees equal its boughs. 
Neither were the plant, the plane trees like its branches. No tree in the garden of God was equal to its beauty. I made it beautiful in the mass of its branches, and all the trees of Eden envied it that were in the garden of God. And so he's talking about this tree, and it's actually a picture of, of Egypt and, and the way that it grew and that the birds in, were in the branches and the beasts under its shade, that this nation was so powerful and big as it grew tall, uh, that nations came under its care and were taken care of by it. And it says that even the sons of God envied it. The trees that were in the garden of God, they envied this tree. Now, he doesn't stop there. He keeps going and says this. Therefore, thus says the Lord, because it towered high in its top among the clouds and its heart was proud of its height, I will give it to the hand of the mighty one of the nations. He, surely, he shall surely deal with it as its wickedness deserves. I have cast it out. Foreigners, the most ruthless of nations, have cut it down and left it. On the mountains and in all the valleys, its branches have fallen and its boughs have been broken into all the ravines of the land and all the peoples of the earth have gone away from its shadow and left it. On its fallen trunk dwell the birds of the heavens, and its branches are the beasts of the field. All this in order that no tree by the water may grow to towering height or set their tops among the clouds, that no trees that drink water may reach up, into, reach up to them in height, for they are all given over to death, to the world below among the children of man. Those who go down to the pit. And so it says, because this tree was not connected to God, because of its pride, because of its arrogance, he was handed over. Pharaoh and Egypt was handed over. Verse 18. Whom are you thus like in glory and greatness among the trees of Eden? You shall be brought down with the trees of Eden to the world below. You shall lie among the uncircumcised with those who are slain by the sword. This Pharaoh and all of his multitude declares the Lord. This thought of this glorious, beautiful tree and all of its glory that even the sons of Israel would envy it and look after it and yet it was based in itself. Its rooting and grounding was not in God and therefore it was destined to be cut down. And guess what a tree that size is good for once it's cut down? It's good to fire a, a huge flame, and that's about it. And so God is saying in these verses that you may be powerful and mighty in your own sight, but unless you're grounded and rooted in the Lord, then your days will be numbered. Now, throughout the Old Testament, there's a number of other root passages that are connected to the Messiah, to the coming of the King, including Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. And a branch from his root shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Again, this verse talks about the Messiah coming out of the family of David and his lineage, and he calls to attention again, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. This relationship from root to fruit through the entire system, through the tree in order to produce good fruit. Romans, uh, and Paul in Romans mentions this as well, and Isaiah says, Paul repeats, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. Again, the Messiah will one day come, and not only will the Israelites have hope, but the Gentiles, the whole world will have hope too, coming from this. Jeremiah chapter 23, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, 
When I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Again, saying it through this family, one will come to bring hope into the world. And then just in case we missed it in the book of Revelation, Jesus himself says this, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. And so this message of rootedness and and that there's a promise of things to come, that things that are taking place underground will one day be revealed above ground. Things that are happening in the background that God has put into action that the world will one day see. In fact, back to that Jeremiah verse, when it talks about a righteous branch sprouting up, it actually talks about uh, a, a tree that has been cut down. And that a branch re-emerges because the roots are still healthy. And this root being Jesus, as, the, as Romans had come in and taken captivity over the Israelites, and before them the Assyrians, and uh, uh, so many before them, let's hear the Assyrians and uh, Babylonians had captivated them, and, and they didn't have their own land. And he says, even though it looks like it's been cut down, a branch will root out again, and this will be the Messiah Then in the New Testament, throughout, we see pictures of being rooted. Luke chapter 8 talks about a sower. He went to sow his seed, and he's planting seed, and some fell along the path and was trampled, some on a rock, and it withered away because it couldn't get to moisture. Some fell on thorns and were choked out, and yet others fell on good soil. And it says that it yielded a hundredfold. And then the disciples go and ask Jesus, what did that mean? What were you talking about? And he explains the different kinds of seeds. And in verse 13, he explains that the seed planted on the rocks are people who hear the word of the Lord and receive it with joy. And they begin to grow and they begin to have this new life. And yet, because they were planted in rocks, they didn't have a healthy root system. He says they withered and died away because their roots didn't go deep enough. And so Jesus painting this picture, before that even, in Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist had come preparing the way for Jesus to come, and he's teaching the multitudes, it says, were flooding out to him to hear his message, and I think John was getting frustrated day after day teaching the things that the Israelites should have understood, and they weren't getting it, and they were resting on their history, and they were saying things like, well, we're already in, we're already taken care of because we're in the family line of Abraham, and John the Baptist says, no, you don't understand. In verse 9, he says this, He says, even now the axe laid at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire. He says, don't rest on the fact that you are related to Abraham. That doesn't matter as much as the fruit that is being bared within you. And even now the axe has been laid on the side of the tree. Imagine the threat that that is. The axe is leaning with its head on the root and its handle leaning against a tree and the tree that does not bear fruit will be cut down. He says, your life has to reflect the fruit of God at work in your life, not just having the right family name and the right family line. And think about what the threat that is 
the, the axe laying against the tree. I heard one time, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe it was uh, a meme or something like that, and it said, think about that for a second, a tree house, where, where you build a tree house and you're talking to the tree and you're saying, hey, I killed your friend. Here, hold him, you know? But the axe is laying at the root of the tree as though he's saying, I want you to feel threatened because if you're not bearing fruit, it will be cut down. Romans chapter 11 refers to if the root is healthy, so will the branches be. And even in Psalm chapter 1, very opening, he says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. It says you got to watch who you're around, and in order to gain fruit, you must be like a tree planted by waters. Jeremiah says something similar. Cursed is a man who trusts in man. And makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited, uninhabited salt land. Blessed, though, is the man who trusts in the Lord, who trusts. Uh, he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear. When heat comes, for his leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And so you are blessed when you root yourself in God, so that even when difficult times come, you won't be reflected. It will still bear fruit. It will still have strength when it is based in those things. So to wrap this up and think about all these things that we've looked at, if it is in true fact uh, that anything not rooted in God is destined for death? If the parable that Jesus told us of the sower is true, that things that are not rooted will also die? If we can only get fruit when we have healthy roots, if healthy fruit comes from healthy roots, and if we're not bearing fruit, then we will be cut down. If the Bible asks us to be rooted in Jesus for our own health and our own strength as a tree planted by streams of water, and according to Ephesians, if we can find strength and be filled with all the fullness of God when we are rooted and grounded in love, then church, we better get rooted. We better spend some time to focus on that, and that's what this summer is all about, focusing on different ways that we can root ourselves by streams of water in the hope of the Lord. Things like prayer and Bible study that maybe you're a little bit more familiar with, but we're going to be talking about the power of silence and solitude, about getting away. We're going to be talking about fasting. We're going to be talking about worship and other ways and experiences that we can try in order to get rooted in him. And hopefully this is where the book report pays off. You see, if the purpose of the roots are to physically stabilize us, then for us to have strength when difficult times come, then we must be rooted in him as well. If the purpose of roots is to bring water and nutrients and minerals from, uh, from the ground into the branches so that it can have leaves and it can have fruit, then in order for us to have healthy fruit in our lives, we have to be rooted as well. 
If it is in fact true that there are hundreds of miles of roots and tens of thousands of feeder roots out there that are, that are pulling nutrients in, then we had better find new ways to be connecting to God. In fact, the older a tree is, the more roots it needs, not only for strength, but it needs to be growing because those older roots become more bark-like. And it's only in new roots that are sprouting and growing further out that it's gaining most of its nutrients through the tiny roots. And so an older Christian, you may be established and strong, and you're not going anywhere, but in order to continue to grow in what the world sees, you need to continue to grow in new ways in order to pull these things in. You see, we all grow in different ways, and that's what we're going to be experiencing together. A 40-foot, 5 tall, open-growth oak can have a root system that grows out 60 to 180 feet in every direction. In fact, did you know that part of the purpose of that canopy of leaves is to make sure that water doesn't fall close to the trunk but goes out further to where it is being fed? And so with a root system so big, there's so much more to our Christian life than what others see. And sometimes we can look healthy on the outside, much like the one talk, the tree talked about in Ezekiel, and yet if we're not grounded in the right things, it won't matter. And many trees that are stronger when they grow together is a simple lesson. We're stronger when we're together. We gain strength from the people that are next to us. And the more connected that we are to them, the more strength we have. In fact, like those redwoods, when they're grafted into others, when we are are in need and when we are sick and when we are hurt and when we are injured, their strength feeds us directly. And how much of a need we have to be in community with one another and to be related to one another more so than you can be on just a Sunday morning during our meet and greet time. And so this summer, we're going to be asking you to dig deep. We're going to be challenging you in new ways to try some different kinds of things that will probably make you feel strange and will be odd in the experience. It will make you rely on others and yet will create in you growth. And so my question to you is this, how do you root yourself? In fact, my question to you really is this, how do you root yourself? I want to know. What are some of the things that you do to ground yourself in God? And and some of it is specific ways that you study the Bible or are in prayer. Maybe there are different spiritual disciplines that you have been involved with in your life that have given you strength. And I want to invite you to email me. I want to hear your story. I want to hear what's going on in your life. My email is Aaron at FlorenceChurch.com. Reach out on Facebook. Write a a, a letter to me. I guess I understand they still deliver mail in places. So I'll get that here. Deliver mail it to the church. Uh, uh, Hop online or on Realm and share with me. We're going to be asking on Realm a little bit later tonight. I want to hear your stories. And the elders want to listen and and hear what are some things that you have been involved with in your past. Or maybe you did 20 years ago that was especially fruitful for you. We want to hear those stories from you. And so please, please share with us because this is, uh, we're stronger together. And so for us to be able to share a little bit about what you guys are doing would be a huge encouragement to the whole body. So I want to invite you to share those things. Now as we come to our close, our time of communion, I want to invite the band up and our ushers can grab the trays. And uh, this is another one of those rooting moments. 
a time that God has given us that he knows how we're wired and that we can forget. And so he wants to put something in our hands. He wants to have a taste in our mouth that we can be reminded physically of his great love for us. And so I want us to, to do that together. And what's going to happen is the ushers are going to pass the trays. There's a cracker representing his body that's been broken a cup that represents his blood that was spilled for us. And as we're singing, uh, take a hold of those and just thank God for how he's been at work in your life. And, and maybe if you don't have a relationship with him, ask him, what is he at work in? God, what are you doing? Why have you brought me here today? And if you're asking those kinds of questions, this is a great time. To ask is kind of like that taproot that first goes down and is looking for water and nutrients. And I promise if you pray honestly to God, he's going to answer you in some way. He's there. He's faithful to you. And so if this is your moment to connect with him, he is ready to connect with you. So we want you to take advantage of this moment in order to do that. And as we prepare our hearts, I want to go back to our key verse out of Ephesians and I just want to pray this over you. And so if you'll all close your eyes, uh, we will do this together. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family member in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen.